0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors Podcast, the last episode of August, and a very special episode to, I guess, close out the summer if you consider summer to end at the end of August. I don't know. Some people have considered that. We have four hosts today. I'm a League Lady Six, one of your hosts, as always, and I have, as always, nerd bomber and tactic with me but we are joined once again by our fantastic patreon producer Stephen keller to talk to us a little bit about gamescom today Stephen, you may have heard last week i don't i don't know if you've listened to last week's episode yet but we asked the very philosophical question what what's love got to do with it and also is love a, actually a secondhand emotion i don't know if you want to weigh in on that or if you want to just kind of let it ride but i think we came to a conclusion last week that it's it's secondhand because you can feel it secondhand. I don't know.
1: It's like smoking. Don't is even, what, what we said. Yeah, I don't even know what that even means. It just—it
2: basically you're like it, it was, punches you in the face. You're like trying to stick your head out the passenger window because you're just choking. And you're like, oh god, it happens to you. That's what. That's how it works.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know it doesn't doesn't mean anything. It's just provocative. It's just a good lyric. It's just a catchy tune. How are you? How
1: how is how's how's life in your neck of the woods? Uh, it's hot. It's, we've officially hit smoky season over here. Mm, we've yeah. had it's, a zillion defires going on, so it's been great for the air. Brisket weather. Is that, yeah, is, has
0: anyone tried to do that on the internet? Like, oh, the AQI is like 200 today. I'm going to put some meat out and like give it some, f- you'd probably, uh, all it, it would, it it would just rest. get great. flies. <laughs> yeah, I would. feel like your meat yeah. would just
3: go bad in the heat.
0: I'm just saying if I saw that run across my YouTube of like, Hey, I put some meat out in the wildfire smoke and it has a nice flavor. I'd, I'd watch that video. So
2: if I lived where you lived, I probably would not smoke any briskets during this time of the year. I've we, we don't even have wildfires where we're at. And I almost burned our house down the last time I smoked meat. And that, that's a whole story. So we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah, You're supposed to
0: smoke the meat, not the house. I think that's like step one.
2: Yeah, yeah, correct.
0: I've never smoked meat. I'm sh- I'd probably light my house on fire. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll find out. But today we are we are encouraging everyone to to stay indoors if there's smoke in your area and stay indoors because there's a lot of great content coming out of Gamescom. Now, I will right off the bat, I mean, this is this this takes place in Germany. I don't know what the wildfire situation is over there probably better than here but this is you know we're, we're literally across the globe there have been four days five days four and a half days i think there's an opening night followed by four days but i could be wrong about that long story short a lot of content and I'll, I'll give the typical disclaimer that i often give in episodes like this when we cover e3 and things like that it is virtually impossible that we will cover everything in fact i'm just going to say it is impossible that we will cover everything we're not going to be able to get to something that you may really want us to talk about and if that is in fact the case i encourage you to reach out to us on x oh stop it's It's x though i have to i have to be I mean, I guess people know what I mean when I say Twitter. They're like, they just go to X. So yeah, reach out to us on Twitter at Lady 6 at OWTactic, at OWNerdBomber, and at Warriors one is the main show account. We have a lot we need to get to. I mean, we, we, we can start at the start here. I have a feeling we're going to jump around. I think what I often do in situations like this, I, I, I'd like to go around the room and get people's immediate impressions on what seemed like the biggest deal. And that's like kind of a loaded question. I think. I mean, I'll say right off the bat. I think most people probably think that the Starfield stuff might have been the biggest deal. But if someone else feels differently, prove me wrong. I. You probably know what I'm going to bring up that came up on opening night and onward. That was like a pretty big deal, and I'm very very interested in. But you know, I guess to get Starfield out of the way because I think that's there was a lot there, and there's it's obvious we're going to talk about it. I want to kind of start with what I thought the coolest thing was about all the Starfield content. I think. We need live-action video game trailers to be a thing consistently. Discuss. Because, like, I don't think it happens very much. It, it used to happen with Halo. I think Halo set the bar for them. I've seen live-action trailers for Dead Space 3, I think. They're pretty few and far between. Thoughts on live-action trailers? I think... Because I'm a fan.
2: I think that it works sometimes, not all of the time. I think for starfield specifically this was fantastic and and here's the it, it goes it goes so much deeper than just starfield because i wanted to give get a little kind of a shout out to to my boys at nasa not only do we have stars at nasa hold, hold on you have boys at nasa Not only do we have Starfield that's, like, really playing up on the, you know, you're an explorer visiting the next frontier, kids looking up to you, they want to be astronauts themselves, but this is also coming out right off the heels of the successful Artemis mission. And, like, we've—I think we're really entering— a next generation of kids wanting to be astronauts again. We've we've had a huge hiatus of people not going to the moon and now it's happening again in real life. We're getting games like this that are literally giving us live action, like acting of like you're gonna be an astronaut, you're gonna explore the galaxy and beyond. We're going to space, folks. It is cool again.
3: See, I I kind of have the opposite take. Like It was a neat trailer don't get me wrong but I feel like a game where you get to customize your own character and there's so much like individual customization going on I almost feel like live action doesn't work as well. I feel like live action would work well for something like you know Halo obviously because everybody's Master Chief the characters are all the same you can find likenesses that are very similar. Same thing with like the Last of Us or something like that. Like as long as you can find a consistent character and a lookalike, maybe even have the voice actors, you know, reprise their role in a live action trailer. I feel like that works. But here, it just kind of felt like, like I know we've seen a lot of the game, but none of these people are characters that I'm really going to be meeting because hopefully I don't look like them. You know what I mean? So it's tricky for me there.
0: It's it's trying to set the vibe up but yeah the
2: specifics wait but when you watch when you watch movies you put yourself in in the shoes of that character you just don't go no that's not me i can't relate
3: i don't
2: i think it depends i think it depends Uh, uh, it's situational
3: movies and tv shows I typically, like, I don't necessarily put myself in the shoes of those characters. I'm more of a passive audience member, whereas that's the cool thing about video games, and especially, like, that's why I do, like, you know, these open-world RPGs where there's so much character customization, because you can then step into the role of that character. And kind of the same thing with books, depending on what you're reading. Like, you can kind of... It's a more active experience. And so that's why I think, like, live-action trailers are really cool, but I think they only work when there's not such an open-ended you know question mark as to what the characters look like
0: we'll get more into the nitty-gritty on starfield but i I just kind of continue my trip around the room steven thoughts on live action trailers and i guess this one in particular
1: for this one once i saw that it was live action i actually didn't even watch it because i knew it was going to tell me anything about the game so i was like i don't need to watch this it's not going to educate me in the game so
0: well i can confirm that it didn't teach me anything about the game. I think, and, and kind of what Nerd Bomber said too. Like, I think the context is important at this point. I and we could go on in a minute to what we have learned otherwise about the game at Gamescom. But I feel like when I watched this trailer, I already knew everything that I needed to know about this game. So for me, it was just kind of a cherry on top of like, oh, this is cool. And I I do agree that like tactic. I think you were getting at like it was very focused on like there's this there's a kid who wants to go to space. Like I just think that was very evocative in its own way but yeah i mean it's you know starfield jeff Keeley talked about it at opening night live he described it as nasa meets indiana jones and the other thing i wanted to shout out about starfield before kicking it around to the rest of you fine folks uh i am a nerd uh, that much is already known they had the composer of the score for the game give a live performance which i was like that is the coolest thing ever i think the score is gonna be awesome the score also fun fact is on spotify already or at least the like t- there's a 10 minute starfield suite that is already on spotify so that's just a kind of shout out to the composer whose name i probably am going to mispronounce right now enon zur sorry enon or inon if i got it wrong but good stuff from you so starfield is, is are there things otherwise that I, and there was a lot of content here that we we were told a lot more about, about Starfield. I feel like it's close enough where a lot of this kind of went by me. At this point, you're going to either buy it or you're not going to buy it. And I think most people are going to buy it. Is there anything that you guys saw that you think could have swayed you one way or the other?
2: I'm already swayed in the in, in one particular way. I'm not getting swayed back. It's buy. I'm going to buy it.
3: Well, I think that decision too, first of all, I mean, I'm, you know, I loved Fallout 4. I basically broke our old podcast over Fallout 4. I don't know. I... This was always going to be something that I was going to play. It's on Game Pass, which I already have, so that more or less solidifies that as soon as it's available, I'll probably be jumping in. Sorry in advance if I disappear into the ether.
2: Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm just a little girl that's looking up at an astronaut wanting to go to space.
0: Steven, I'm trying to remember what your console situation is or, I mean, or if whether you're a PC gamer. Are you in a position to buy this and are you going to
1: buy this? As of now, I will be skipping it. Yes! I don't have a... S- series x mm. i have a 1x which i don't even think you can play it on but that's dead now and so yeah and i don't have a pc so it'll be a skip for me
0: it's look man we're better off it's too it's too much i i we, we've talked about this on the show before and i don't want to like come out against this game that would be silly but like it's a lot and i'm looking forward to hearing about all the bugs you're silly that's silly <laughs> <laughs> i mean we're like and you know Part of its perspective, like something else that came up at Opening Night Live, and I'm I'm skipping around now, I believe some cyberpunk stuff came out. It's kind of hard to... It's hard for me, at least, to think about cyberpunk now and separate it from kind of i guess the mess that it was when it came out and like part of the main reason for that is that i haven't played cyberpunk but like just my overall sense of it is that it was really messed up and like i guess now they have mostly fixed it question mark <laughs> they're like putting out new content for it so i guess they're kind of pronouncing it fixed but i i don't know i don't think starfield is going to be like a cyberpunk level disaster when it comes out but i think there's going to be a lot of stuff that they're going to have to like you know spruce up
3: i don't know if it'll be that bad and i know you know bethesda games usually always come out kind of buggy but the fact that they sent out review codes and review copies so early compared to their other releases leads me to believe that they're very confident i'm very confident
0: they certainly are exuding confidence i'll give you that they're it's just so, so ambitious i have a hard time believing it's not going to have have some holes being poked in it but anyways we can we can bounce around a little bit more here at opening night live before i gush about alan wake too, Are other things that other people want to gush about first <laughs> i guess let me just like that's that's the one i was talking about I'm the good one that i want to gush
2: too. about which is completely out of character for me because every time this game comes up i always respond with who cares i don't play online Blah, blah, blah. This game sucks. Nobody cares anymore. However, the trailer for mo- the gameplay trailer for modern warfare looked absolutely phenomenal. It was done so beautifully. Now, here's the reason why I wanted to bring that up. How many times in video games when you're playing, it's it's always this one-man army bullshit, right? It's one person taking down just droves and droves of people, and it's incredibly unrealistic. In this, not only do you have a squad, but there's The way they tell the story is there's, it's very evident that there's other squads kind of helping you in the distance, doing other things so that you're all working together to complete your mission. And that's, that's like so cool. And then like, there was not only that, there was like the use of infrared beacons to like, let everyone know that where you're at, but. You can't see infrared light unless you have like infrared lens on. And so like the use of the technology, the creating chaos amongst the prisoners and things like that so that all of the guards and that are distracted with prisoners while they're swooping in stealth. Oh, this was done. This was, this was done absolutely perfect. This got me excited for Modern Warfare.
0: I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I just, I don't know. I'm in a weird place with Call of Duty right now. I the last one i played i think was vanguard and granted that was that was me picking it up after a long hiatus and kind of wanting to try to recapture my enjoyment of the stories in those games which around like modern warfare 2 like it peaked around then like modern warfare 2 black ops i was like really really into what they were doing at this point it's just i'm i, I thought vanguard was pretty middling And I know that was going back to the World War II roots, so maybe that was part of why I didn't like it as much. But if I'm going to get back into Call of Duty, it's not going to be for online play. And also, and this is a personal problem, it's not going to be because of squad mechanics, because I struggle with that in in, in games. I agree with your point that, like, one-man armies are pretty unrealistic, but gosh darn it they're fun to me sometimes so it's you know it's 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 a tricky balance and and they're certainly trying to strike it and it, it looks beautiful i just i don't know if it's enough for me to to want to opt in i guess but you know call of duty they're doing like it was just over this week and maybe it was part of Gamescom. i actually don't know but didn't they just come out with like a Nicki minaj like player skin or something where you're just Nicki minaj running around in the game
3: was that call of duty it might have been... I
0: believe it was. Yeah, it
3: might have been it was called l- Duty Battle Royale game. You know, I feel like, because that's also free to play right now, and I feel like all of these Battle Royale games, and I know they're still wildly popular, but I feel like they're just grappling at any IP or person that they can get on board to yeah. come to their game to like garner new interest and we're seeing some very interesting weird you know collaborations from these style games
0: i cannot imagine Nicki minaj's like agent or whatever calling her and being like hey call of duty called and they want you to be uh, like a skin in the game and she was like like she's probably like what is call of duty like i i I, I don't know maybe she's a big fan no i I feel like most people know at least what call of duty is it just seemed very very odd to me but battle royales and it wasn't opening night so maybe we'll get to it later there was one battle royale game that i think was kind of teases like a big deal and i thought it looked like an interesting twist on the battle royale format so we'll get to that later but alan wake too you know Look, again, Gamescom, I feel like is in a weird spot where like most of the big stuff that I saw things about it was things like Alan Wake 2 where I was like, I was already going to do this. So you're just you're just really piling on like I, this was already a great thing and it's just looking more great. I don't I don't know that there was a single thing about the content they showed that I was not on board with just in terms of the and again i still have not played alan Wake remastered i haven't played the first one so there's a chance i'm gonna dislike the gameplay that's the one thing that i think could get messed up at this point because everything about the vibe everything graphically the story they're trying to tell i feel like if some deity somewhere was like we need to design a perfect game for illegal 86 based on his sensibilities what might come out of that would be like survival horror about an author who's running around with like a leather satchel with a manuscript in it like it's just a very it's a very specific thing but it's one that really really speaks to me. I loved what we saw. I think it was, what was it called The Dark Place this kind of riff on New York City with a lot of references to the older games that I didn't obviously understand but I like when games do that sort of thing. I just again I won't take too much of our time to gush about Alan Wake 2 but I also mentioned before Live Action and this had a lot of live-action stuff happening in it. It seems like there's going to be live-action stuff in the game, too, which I, again, don't know much about. But
2: I think Alan Wake just needs that. a movie adaptation. It has that perfect amount of, like, 80s psychotic horror vibe to it where I think it would just do fantastic.
3: Well, I mean, and we know Remedy has already kind of dipped their toes into this water, and obviously it didn't go over as well as, you know, people would have liked. What was that Quantum game? Break? Quantum Break, yeah, where they did, like, yeah. the simultaneous... TV show that you got to watch in between or I guess got to is a uh, sticking point for some people was forced to watch in between chapters of gameplay but like I do think that Remedy makes very cinematic games and the fact that all of their games are even like kind of tangentially all related like they leave breadcrumbs in all of their games and they kind of built this giant universe like it's just super cool and i do i've never played the first alan Wake either it looks spooky which is why i've avoided it we all know my thoughts on spooky but i might have to go back and replay it because like i've played quantum break i've played control and so i feel like i need to flush that out so that i can get a full immersion if i end up playing alan Wake 2 but again it also looks super spooky so like
0: control so now you said you did play control yes
3: i did yes it was quite Cause good. Because, like,
0: control, like, and yeah, can, control and quantum break are my two main touch points with Remedy. Quantum break, I started and I never finished. And control, I, I did finish. And man, that game at certain points frustrated the bejesus out of me. I don't know if that was your experience as well, Nerd Bomber, but I found that game to be kind of difficult at parts.
3: I See, I'm not like you. I have no problem turning down the difficulty. So yeah, when see, I got I, frustrated, I, I turned down the difficulty and I was like, I'm here for a good time. I'm not here for a long time, so I'm going to turn the difficulty down.
0: (laughs) I am not here for a good time. I'm here. I'm here to win. We've had this this conversation before. I think the last time we had this conversation, Stephen may have also been on the show. And I can't remember. I remember we were talking about in the context of uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor, one of those two. And I was talking about this horrible mental block I have. But I feel like control was like pretty spooky in parts. Like, it's not overtly scary, but...
2: It was more
3: sci-fi. Like, there were a few enemies that were a little, like, definitely leaned into the creepy side of things. But for me, that game was not as, like, terrifying. The vibe of Alan Wake and, like, you're in the dark with just a little flashlight is not the same as Control, where you're in, like, an office building. And I understand office buildings are equally scary in many ways, but not... not quite the like gotcha type vibe that gets to me
0: steven what is your exposure to remedies games because like i also and i don't i don't want to assume that you have but like i know like max Payne is one of their other big ones i have never played max Payne. i don't even know what it's about like i don't do you have any any remedy experience that you can draw on in deciding whether alan wake 2 will be for you
1: I have played the first Alan Wake, and I've played Control. I never played Quantum Break. But so for Alan Wake 2, it's going to be a game where I'll buy, I think, when it's on sale. Because I want to replay the first one, too, before. But Alan Wake 2 just comes out in October, where it's a busy month. So yeah. it'll get back well, quite a bit.
0: I do think, too, and and it sounds like you could speak to this better than any of us. Like In seeing the trailers and all the content we've seen about Alan Wake 2, it's... <laughs> I don't want to say that it's going to be a prerequisite that I play Alan Wake remastered, but it certainly seems like in order to have a good time, I'm going, there's seems like there's a lot of story connection and there's a lot of, and you know, nerd bomber reference to the remedy universe. And like, that's a different thing, but it just seems like they take a lot of pride in interconnecting what they're doing. So the vibe I have gotten is definitely that I'm going to be confused if I don't play Alan Wake remastered, which, you know, fine. I can play Alan Wake remastered. I just have to, you know, buy it and do it. But yeah, I mean, again, just, I don't, I don't want to just sit here and wax poetic about it for like 20 minutes but everything i've seen so far has been like yeah just just take my money and also probably make a movie with keanu reeves this is supposed to be keanu reeves right it it, it looked like they couldn't get keanu reeves and they just wanted someone to be like it was like keanu reeves standing
3: see i thought he almost looked more like bradley cooper oh uh,
0: okay i think it's the, the the black hair for me just immediately that length of black hair i'm like you wanted keanu and you couldn't get him you look like Aaron Rodgers to me <laughs> aaron Rodgers in his well yeah i guess he did have that length uh,
1: last at year that time because yeah, that was for his john wick costume
0: and uh that was yeah that was before he went into a dark room for that was his dark place he went to a dark room darkness retreat for like a month that's a different topic entirely but
2: i thought it anyways, like yeah, matthew Peretta. but that's just me matthew
0: Peretta.
3: is that the actual like mocap guy yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay yeah that was totally lost point when you when you google matthew Peretta the first image i can see what you mean now about bradley cooper nerd bomber the first image if you google that guy's name it literally looks like it's bradley cooper i know it's not it's matthew Peretta but in any case alan wake 2 take my money the 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 end other big stuff from opening night of gamescom i know there's a lot more gamescom to go but do we need is steven was rebel moon was that another situation in which you saw that it wasn't about a game and you just kind of moved on because i that's what i did
1: no nah. I mean, I'm interested just because it's a Zack Snyder movie. So I'm kind of in, but it's a movie that I wish I could watch in theaters, which I know I won't be able to. So that was Netflix my biggest vibes.
3: Like, it looks like too cinematic for a Netflix movie. It feels like wasted potential. Almost.
1: I heard that the
0: not even the directors, because there's obviously was Zack Snyder. There's going to be a theatrical cut and a director's cut. I heard even the regular cut is like four hours or something. And I was like, I is don't it have be that, that long? kind of time.
1: It's two movies. They split it into two.
0: It's, movies. Yeah. Well, no, but I also think that each of the two movies are like over three hours long. Like, I think, I think they're just like, they, they gave them a blank check and they're like, do whatever you want because people will come running when they see your name. And they're not wrong. Like people are going to come running and this probably will in a lot of ways be really good. But I'm not going to lie you. That's uh, too long.
3: So when I watched this trailer... And I know some of you are big fans of Dune and others of us are not big fans of Dune. This looks like everything I kind of like wanted Dune to be.
2: Okay, you, it sounded like you were going to crap on it, but but okay. No, this it?
3: sounds like, you know, you're talking about like geopolitical landscapes, but just more action and just more like cool stuff happening. And this seems more like what I wanted out of Dune, both the books and the games and the movies. I just, this is what I wanted.
2: I also at. think they portrayed the geopolitical landscapes significantly better than what Dune showed us. I mean, Even look in at, this
3: like two minute trailer? Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> That's literally the one thing that came to my mind was this is how a futuristic- quote hellscape should be not everyone has access to the same technology to the same weaponry and you want you want from group of people to group of people to group of people, and it was vastly different their culture their weaponry how they fought what they did what they interacted with whether they used weapons what whether they had beast whatever it was it was completely unique and that's what i want
3: i know Zack snyder said that you know beyond even these movies, they're hoping to make kind of like a a big IP out of this, you know, have books, games, what have you. And I'm kind of hoping that they do, they lean into it, because I think this could be a cool new property. And obviously, with the understanding that not all Netflix movies end up being great, I feel like if they really lean into this, and they really, you know, flesh out this world, give a bunch of different mediums to experience the world in, it has the potential to be something really cool. And I don't want to be like this is like the next Star Wars because there's no never going to be a next Star Wars. Like I don't think anything can perfectly encapsulate, you know, what Star Wars did. But like well, it would be cool to have another IP out there that's more original and not just a retread of things that we've seen before.
0: So first, first of all, me to say because I did Google a little bit, it is it's four hours over two movies. So you were right about that. If they're not that's three not hours too bad. Back. With that said, Steven, I want you to weigh in on, on this too. But like they're already talking about. The director's cut, and they shot things specifically for the director's cut. To, qu- qu- and I'm quoting Zack Snyder now, build out the universe even more. They shot things specifically for the director's cut. I don't think that's what a director's cut is supposed. Like I, I, I think in the context of Zack Snyder specifically, the term director's cut is getting messed up like i don't think i, I that, agree like, like I, I i think director's cut is like oh blade runner director's cut came out like 30 years later and there was some stuff ridley scott wanted to put in that he had to cut because he needed to make a reasonable movie now it's like zach we want you to film a two-hour movie for the rant for like the normies and then for the true fans film four hours of st- like i just i think that's it's like putting the cart before the horror i don't like it i i, I don't it it makes me uncomfortable
3: i mean you can blame the internet for that though like I don't I think can, that would be the case if you know the Snyder cut of Justice League wasn't a thing.
0: Yeah, and, and like and even the Snyder cut of Justice League was a little different because like vastly different direction were, and
3: he obviously got booted and there were changes. In that yeah, and,
0: and people were like actively clamoring for it in a large way. No one is clamoring for two different versions of Rebel Moon to come out. You don't like know. I, I just.
3: Maybe, I, I, maybe like, I'm going to be out here after watching this and it fulfilling all of the dreams that Dune dashed for me and be like, I, I want more. Give me more, Zach.
1: So I, uh, Stephen thoughts? My question would be is, why do I even watch it then, the regular cut? Why don't you just wait until yes. the director's cut? I'll just wait. If it's going to come, then I'll wait. I think they might put them out at the same time and be like, it,
0: like, at that point, it's literally like, so are you a loser or are you cool? And like the director's like, it's just, it's just a weird, like, yeah, if, if I guess there are probably people, maybe even me included, where like, I will watch a two hour movie and I won't watch a four hour movie. But like, it just feels like a really weird question to be asking viewers right off the bat. It's like, all right, you're interested in this movie because you saw the trailer and you liked the idea of it. How much time are you willing to commit? Choose between this this one and this one it's like man like let me it's also like i think there's a lot of i imagine there are a lot of people in the industry like editors and stuff who who balk at this idea because there's like a real art form surrounding hey make a movie that's you know like two hours as the nominal runtime and yeah it is a task to fit everything you want to say into that time but that's part of what makes it good I don't know. If you can't tell, I have a lot of thoughts about this. But before we move on from this, I just want to ask one question:
2: Zack Snyder lightsabers, yay or nay? Yay! It falls in with the the cultural differences of different groups.
0: Yeah, I think okay. I think they look cooler. Yeah, I'm I, 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 I I was more asking do Do you think they look cooler than Star Wars lightsabers? And I think the nay. answer to that question is also
2: yes. Oh, oh I think it's yes. No, That's, you can't do that. Star Wars has a very specific look feel style to it and that's what makes it great to, to to take some other design that use star wars as an inspiration and say it's better it's bullshit no
0: let me pivot and say better than star wars in like the 70s and even in the prequel trilogy no better than star wars now yes i, I will die on that hill uh um, yeah the new
2: sabers that they came out are kind of lame
0: the new saber and the way they're they're animating sabers and actually portraying them you, I've read a lot of stuff about this lately, which is kind of sad that I'm saying that. But like, they used to have motion blur; they don't now anymore. Like, they they don't have as much character as props for as me. They used to have. It's
2: it's the T-saber that really ruined it because like that seems like a really dumb place to have a hot burning laser.
0: Yeah, see, I don't mind that part as much. I just i more so mind the way it looks now and the way it's used now as opposed to what it used to be. But anyways, this is we've gone so far off the beaten track i can't even see the track anymore getting back to opening night live a lot a lot of other stuff here and i want to move on to the other to the other days what's the major thing here that i have not hit ask asking the room before we cut to break and then move to the other days is there anything else major in here that i need to i need to mention
3: I mean, I really liked the look at Nightingale. Again, every time I see this game, I really like it. But the the aspect of survival, like I want to know if this is something that I can play and it's going to have like an end story or if it's going to be like plain arc where there's really like you're just out here to survive because I don't like that. But the rest of this game just looks so cool, like the aesthetic and all of the different like environments and creatures seems so neat and the idea of like even they introduce different cards that you have to like put together to reach different portals or environments and like that just appeals to me so much but like if i have to be worried about survival all the time like i'm not going to enjoy myself and that makes me sad
0: yeah nightingale for those that don't know casts players as a realm walker now realm walker was my nickname in high school so they stole that no yeah it looks super cool i love procedurally generated stuff so i, I just I, I think it looked awesome
2: i just can't get over the the mary poppins aspect of it that's so goofy but i kind of love it steven
0: anything else from opening night or should we move onward and upward
1: there's two games kind of more on the smaller side i liked one was the under the waves where you're that guy who's at that underwater facility oh, yeah. talking that with his nice wife that seemed heavy yeah, that's, I'm all about the heaviness, so that's why I was into that one, and I kind of, I'm in that like underwater mood, mm-hmm. and then the other one was Dustborn, that little road trip, cell yes. s- shaded uh, looking game, where it looks like your dialogues kind of have an impact on how the game works. That one looked really interesting to me. Yeah.
0: Totally agree about Under the Waves, just to go back to that one really quick, because I... I... I think we talked about Under the Waves or I I meant to talk about it in a past show. They showcased something and I just want to I just Googled Under the Waves quick. I just want to read what Quantic Dreams I haven't even clicked their webpage. Under the Waves is a narrative driven adventure game about the engulfing power of grief. (laughs) It's like it's like like, I'm sure they're right. And like, yeah, it's an experience that I would sign up for. I do wonder how many people are going to read that and be like, I don't know if I want to experience grief right now. Like it's, it's what I'm here for. And it's even sounds like it's what you're here for. But I, I do think the ve- the venue for it is good.
3: I think more people will probably want to play that than you'd think. I know because it kind of seemed like too, it was in the vein of a lot of the walking simulators. And I hate that term for those type of games because it, I feel like it really detracts from what they are and diminishes, you yeah. know, what they are and stand for and can be in terms of storytelling. But like I always go back to Firewatch, which not obviously the same environment, but kind of the same, you know, tone. And I feel like that is one of the games that stuck with me and has stuck with me for the longest time since I played it. And you know, just being able to tell really deep human stories in these quote unquote walking or swimming simulators. I feel like it's just unparalleled. So I'm actually really looking forward to this one. I think everybody needs these games where you get deep and more in touch with human emotion.
0: Uh, Gone Home, another really good example of, and I I agree, the term walking simulator feels kind of diminutive for what for what they are also under the waves comes out in like two days it'll be out as as of the release of this episode so uh big hype
3: yeah Dustborn was also another one that you know i really love the cell shading style of games like ever since sly cooper they just they speak to me they pull me in and i don't know if it's just like the nostalgia of you know that era of games that calls me in but it just seemed really cool i liked you know i, I want to see how they employ the power of words because they kept basically saying that words held a ton of power and could you know change the way that the world works at least within this game so i'm really curious to see what they do with that and even the snippets of combat that they showed was looked really great and this is very much up my alley for sure
0: yeah it's also it's worth noting the article i have in front of me doesn't say a lot of release dates a lot of the time some of this stuff has release dates some of it doesn't you're just gonna have to go looking i mean most of them are like like starfield i think is september 6th september 1st early release
1: i think Duskborn's like, 2024 yep
0: modern warfare 3 that tactic talked about that's november 10th of this year alan wake is oct- late october october 17th is when that one's supposed to come out so yeah i'll try and hit the release dates as they come but there
3: are that. Two other quick games that I want to mention from Opening Night Live. Fort Solis looked really cool. Again, this seemed like it might be another like walking simulator game. This is the one with Troy Baker and there were two other voice actors. I, I can't remember their names offhand. I'm so sorry. But I think what really struck me was just, you know, this is a fully like, mo-capped game. And apparently it was only a dev team of 10 people, which... It just looked really impressive. And again, like walking simulators, I pretty much always want to play. And then I know Tactic probably won't remember that he said this, but like we were watching this trailer and he's like, I, I really like this for some reason. But Expeditions, a Mudrunner game.
2: Yeah, I couldn't... I. I it caught me off guard. I really didn't think that I would I'm not a I wouldn't consider myself a big car guy, but like being able to like customize different things to scope out areas and, and and not really so much for like the gameplay, but more of like a an educational tool to learn what kind of things are out there and what 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 is used for different missions. That seemed really intriguing to me.
0: Yeah, I I you know I guess, I don't know if you would call the moderator game, but it, it, it's referred to here as a driving sim game. And to me that like, I've always wanted to like driving sim games. Like I've, I want to be a person who can sit down and like play Forza and uh, any number of the other ones uh, that you may think of. But like, I've just never been able to get into them. Maybe it's because they haven't been off-road.
3: And like, this looked like there were different puzzles that you had to basically determine what vehicle that you use to solve the different puzzles. So it looked a little bit different. Like it almost looked like This is going to sound stupid, like almost a worksite exploration style game. Like, what machine do I need to do this task? And I don't know. I feel like it adds a different dimension to driving games.
2: For me, I have have two that were like my top, what I'm really excited for. And we've been gushing about these for, for, for a while now. And we can finally get excited about one because it releases. It's out. It's it's free. We, I mean, not free, but it's it's available to us, and that is Immortals of Avium. This was a day one buy discussion that we had talked about. And guys, it's available. Did you buy it? Me no. I don't. I don't remember if I said it was going to be a day one buy. You did. I can I can roll the tapes back, but you did. And like this game, just, it just looks fantastic. It's it's got that magic. But like, also, it's kind of like futuristic tech. It just it looks like a seamless combination. If you started playing it, let me know how it is because as soon as I burn through the games I'm playing right now, that's what I'm pivoting to. And then the other game that I wanted to just give a shout out again, it was something that I was really excited for, and that is Black Myth: Wukong. This game. Oh yeah, this one looks cool. Yeah, like I said, it's this is this is this is the story that Dragon Ball took its inspiration from, so you know I'm already in, like, all in. The demons that you're going to be fighting through the story look badass. The combat looks awesome. I just, this one looks fantastic. Now, I see the term souls-like associated with it, which
0: scares me immediately but i don't know if it's going to scare me off completely yeah so there' a lot more an opening night we're going to get to other stuff after the break a lot more in opening night we have not gotten to didn't mention assassin's creed i guess that was one of the bigger ones i feel like all assassin's creed games now maybe this is being minimizing what the franchise is but like it's assassin's creed you know what it's going to be like it's uh, to me that's kind of why I at least subconsciously skipped over it mortal Kombat, diablo 4 tekken 8 a bu- i mean just a bunch of stuff here too much for me to even list right now and there's a lot more content to get to in the other days we're going to talk to talk about after the break before we go to break it's that time Stephen, thank you for all that you do for the show I want to give you your thanks in per well not in person this time but like closer to in person what, what would you
1: call this in podcast i mean what if i'm actually in your basement right now it could be in person
0: you know what what if you are actually i you know when we're on when we're doing our break i'm gonna go check to make sure you aren't actually in my basement because i you, you might be in any case uh steven supports us at the highest of our three levels on our patreon as a result he gets this producer shout out every episode he gets input into the weekly game segment in which he will be participating this week so the competitive advantage you could argue he also of course gets access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog and gets the occasional guest spot on the show which is where he is right now at this second you're hearing it very exciting for him very exciting for us very exciting for you guys that's the night level which again is the highest of our three levels on patreon there's also a squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment details on any and all of those levels of support can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast head over there to check out the deets say hi to us say hi to steven consider giving back to the show that you are listening to right now and you're listening to it right now but for the next i don't know minute 30 seconds or so you're going to be listening to something else but then we're going to come back and talk about more games come because there's a lot of discussion to be had so we'll be right back
2: Hello, me popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us and let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in.
0: Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: And don't forget your multi pass.
0: All right, so I think for the rest of this, we're going to skip around a lot. In fact, we might even go back to some opening night live stuff. Who who even knows? There's just there's it's so much of us it's so much of a soup of just content. That I think we'll kind of just go around and talk about a few things. I teased earlier, and I I want to make sure we hit it because I teased it earlier. We talked a little bit about Battle Royale, and I saw a game that intrigued me. And to be clear, I have never played really any Battle Royale games. You know, obviously, you have like your PUBG, Fortnite's a Battle Royale, right? I'm so far removed from the season, I don't even know that. But we got a trailer for a game called Off the Grid which apparently is directed by Neil Blomkamp. What we're learning in the year 2023 is that Neil Blomkamp is a pretty big fan of video games because he's also he's coming off of directing the movie. Uh, it, it's a Forza movie, right? I have, haven't seen it, but Grant I think Turismo. it's out now. Gran Turismo. Turismo, thank you. He's coming off of directing the Gran Turismo movie, which I clearly have not seen because I couldn't remember which one it was. But this was really interesting. So if you watch this trailer, it's, it's a streamer who has a lot of robotic limbs. Also, I haven't confirmed this. It may or may not be that guy who's in every Neil Blomkamp movie whose name I cannot think of right now. The South African guy. It certainly looks like him, but you can't really tell because he's got this big cybernetic visor thing across his face. Anyways, he's talking about what seems like basically it's a meta battle royale where they're taking streamers and people who play the game and they're putting them putting the story is they're putting them on an actual island to have an actual battle royale and that's kind of the premise of the game so there's a 60 hour campaign for this movie so like or for this game i should say so there's pve and pvp but there's like crazy battle royales and then there's also a 60 hour story And like we didn't learn much more than that but i think i saw it as a very interesting way to take a format that now everybody knows and that some would argue might be getting a little bit tired and breathing some life into it and also like i think neil blomkamp's pedigree as far as like futuristic stuff is pretty unimpeachable considering what he did with district nine so i was into this uh i don't even know if we have a release date for this yet i think it's like very early going but the trailer was fun it had a good sense of humor and it i think it did a good job teasing what that game is going to be so i definitely wanted to mention that the other one that i think probably deserves some mention is lord of the rings return to moria now i'm just gonna say and i want people's opinions on this i think lord of the rings as a franchise may be the least capable franchise in terms of like (laughs) making games that i want to play it should be so easy for them but like first they do Gollum, now they're doing this it's
2: like yeah, uh, we've, Man, we've already like, shit on this one. I <laughs> There's no more I can really say. They need to just stop. Just stop. Like it's I, I understand
0: to some extent what they're trying to do with Return to Moria. I don't... I, I guess, like, I don't know. It's tricky because I get that they want to tell new stories. Part of me is like... What why you just have people tell the play old lord of the rings and it was like really well done like i would be really into that yeah you know, i've always wanted to play shadow of war and shadow of mordor i never have i've heard those are good but other than that like my favorite lord of the rings games by far were the movie tie-in games which like they're movie tie-ins so you hear that and you immediately think like oh they're probably not that good they were great they didn't they've never had to do anything more than that and they just seem like they're trying to reinvent the wheel constantly now they did get john reese davies for this to do the voices which good get i guess i don't know what john reese davies is necessarily up to these days besides this and indiana jones 5 but like that is cool i just i don't know like it it should be way easier than this to make a lord of the rings game and like this i don't think it's going to be as big a miss as Gollum, but like it didn't entice me <laughs> and they just they're sitting on a mountain of gold as far as ip is concerned so also wanted to make sure that i brought that one up moving on let's Let's talk a little bit about, well, actually, here's here's an interesting one. This is, again, not an actual game, but we did, uh, apparently, actually, I don't think I saw the sneak peek. I'm not sure if we were able to see the sneak peek on the internet and, like, without being at the event, but I guess there was a sneak peek at the Fallout TV series, which is coming to Prime Video in 2024.
3: Dude, I'm so excited for that. Uh, So let's, let's, let's get into
0: this a little bit, because I think you were talking before, earlier in the episode, Nerd Bomber, about how RPGs... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like what you were saying was that they encourage you to put yourself into the shoes of the character. And I don't know, not necessarily like make the character you, but it's easier for you to do that, right? When you're doing a fully customized character build. Yep. How do you, in the context of a TV show, you can't really do that, right? So how do they, I don't know. I don't even know what my question is. It's just like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about Fallout as an experience that a player puts themselves into. If you can't do that, as easily does it fall apart i have my doubts about this one does it fall
3: out no so as you're playing fallout you know there's a lot of different factions depending on what game you're into there's a lot of different factions you're in different cities different areas of the united states and you know there's different backstories to what happened there and literally the fallout after you know everything got nuked, what happened in those areas. And you meet a lot of interesting characters. There's so many different NPCs and squad members that you pick up in all of these different games. And not necessarily having to follow the you know the storyline of any specific game, you can explore those side characters or those locations and tell the story of what happened there while you were in the vault. I think there's a lot of really interesting potential for storytelling. And each season could be a specific area, a specific city, or you can follow one area and kind of do like a Walking Dead thing where you follow one group and see how... You know, they dealt with everything, how society kind of managed to come back together in a specific city or even take one of the beloved side characters and, you know, flesh out their backstory. Tell me what they were doing, what they were up to before you meet them. I think there's a lot that they could do with it without falling into the trap of, oh the story can't be the same because you're not putting yourself in the story. I think there's so many different side characters and even the environment itself that you could tell stories about that I think it could be done very well as long as, you know, they put enough... I don't want to say put enough love into it, but as long as they're very careful with how they treat the IP.
0: I think what I would have them do, not that I have any vested interest in this because I've never even played a Fallout game, but I do think that they need to use existing characters. Like, I, I, I I think video game adaptations are generally beholden to that rule like and that's why last of us works so well and it's why video game adaptations that work work is that the characters are are, are fleshed out they're very vivid and out. you know i'm not saying that fallout like it sounds like they have side characters that can be made vivid and provided depth i think they're going to get more mileage out of that than creating some stock character as you would when you first start the game and just kind of Projecting a lot of the environment onto that character so i'll be curious to see what they do i yeah i, I wanted to mention that because that's again part of kind of a, a bit of a non-game bit here i also <laughs> against my better judgment i want to talk about robocop because this i don't know if you guys this was a 16 minute gameplay like footage release i can't remember which day this was on this might have been day four if might have been towards the end this looked really bad like almost comically bad and i like it's tricky because i don't have any of you guys ever seen robocop
2: we've we've talked about this the original trailer release way back when of this game and said it looked bad and i didn't even waste my time watching this because even the little bit that i saw was i was just like nah i'm not i'm not doing this it's just it just looks bad
0: i think robocop like I don't know. I've never seen the movie. So I again, I really have no vested interest. I don't even know why I watched as much of this as I did because I watched all 60 minutes of it. But I think the movie, some people occasionally refer to it as having kind of a sense of humor and like being kind of corny and that's what makes it good. I don't know if that same principle applies to video games as an art form in general. It seems like they tried to apply it, and it didn't work. (laughs) Like, I don't... uh, Steven, have you seen RoboCop? Is there any RoboCop wisdom you can bestow upon me right now that's going to make
1: me understand what this game was trying to do? Because it's... I've never seen the movie. I've seen the original and the remake, and I don't remember anything about them besides... I know the original was uh, I think it was Peter Verhoeven film so it's pretty yeah random and campy for the 80s and bloody and that's the word
0: graphic I'm, yeah but that's yeah. what I was looking for was, was campy and it's forward, 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 it's hitting those marks that you just said it's campy and it is very it's like surprisingly graphic you're like a robot guy walking around it's really corny and then you shoot someone or you punch someone and they basically explode into a cloud of red mist which in the context of everything else that's happening in the game is very unexpected. So I guess props for establishing shock value, but this one was pretty weird. (laughs) I don't like, I don't even know how much more airtime I want to give it. I just wanted to make sure I brought it up because it was easily the worst thing that I saw. But I do feel that I may be dominating the discussion here. So anything is fair game. Opening night, we can return to opening night. We can go anywhere else during the showcase. Anything you saw, although actually there is one more thing I want to bring up because this was a big deal on Twitter slash X. People were talking about it and I'm going to mispronounce it because I don't know how it's pronounced. Project, I'm going to say Mugen because that's what I think it should be. But it may be Project Mugen or Muggen or something. This was going around the Twitter sphere in a big way for... I'm just going to say it. Looking like they copied Spider-Man.
2: <laughs> have, have you guys seen any of this footage? They co- It looked like they copied Spider-Man, but tried to play it off as Attack on Titan me- mechanics. And it's just... I agree. It's it's Spider-Man. They It's a modded Spider-Man.
0: And I think, like, it, it it seems like it's trying to be a lot more... It seems like it has a lot more story it wants to unfold, and it has a lot of other different things happening in addition to the web-slinging mechanics. But the web-slinging mechanics in particular, it looks like they just copied it. So, again, kind of wanted to bring this one up because it, well, it was really making the rounds. But. This is
3: the a discussion point that I'd like to bring up for all of you, and we'll, we'll start with Steven. When... You know, you see things like this where it's very obvious, like, they copied Spider-Man. Does that make you want to play it more because the mechanics were so tight it gives you another venue to use those mechanics in? Or does it kind of turn you off? Or do you not care either way as long as the game is good in its own right?
1: I'm probably in the camp of I don't care so much. Just, yeah, as long as, like, there's a story wrapped around it. I mean, I'm currently replaying Spider-Man. So the Mm -hmm. game mechanic is super fun. So if they can wrap a good story around the mechanic, it be an interesting game.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I'm in the camp of it turns me off. And the the simple reason why is to me it implies or I suggests an additional thoughtlessness. Like if they just went in and were like, just do what they did, it means they didn't consider how they could do it better. It doesn't mean it means they didn't consider what potential alternatives could be. And I think that sort of developer mindset is probably gonna bleed into other places in the game. So I, I would go in, at the very least, I would go in not expecting it to do anything inventive or original, which, I don't know. With so many games these days, I don't know why I would waste my time on that. But that's, that's just me. This is my opinion. Tactic? What about you?
2: Yeah, I wasn't even going to consider this. I'm just going to get Spider-Man 2 and never even acknowledge that this existed as a whole.
0: That is the other good point, is that if you want more Spider-Man
2: there's more spider-man it's not, it's, yeah, it's,
0: not like you, it's not like you need to wait it's here basically so i, I don't yeah I, it it seemed like they put the footage in there as like look at this it's so cool it's like that other game it might be like that other game you like and it, like i like it was a big selling point and it, just, it seems like it's not but i don't know nerd bomber where do you fall on it
3: you know it's tough because on one hand like if there's a Good tight game mechanic that I have a blast with. I don't mind seeing it from game to game. Like, it doesn't turn me off of the game, but I, I kind of felt the same way. So, like playing Pokemon, I obviously love Pokemon, the turn based manner, the, you know, got to catch them all sort of incentive to continue playing. But there's been so many different Pokemon copycats that I'm always like, oh, you know, I, I'm going to play it because I like the, the general game mechanic. It'll be fun. I think, to Steven's point, if there's not a good story wrapped around it, it ultimately falls apart. So, I think that. It's not so much about, you know, copying the game mechanic, but if the reason for the game mechanic being there is valid and there's a good story and the game is entertaining on its own two feet, even without that game mechanic, then, you know, I'm apt to play it.
0: Well, we're at a point now where I kind of just want to go around and if there's anything that we haven't mentioned from Gamescom that someone really, really wants to toss onto the pile that we have not talked about, now would be the time to do so. I'm going to throw it around the room, but before I do, I'm going to mention one more. A game called Death Ground. Did, you, did anyone see this one? If not, I'll take you through it. Basically, survival horror where you're fighting dinosaurs. I feel like that's all I really need to even say about Give it. Give me the Go watch trailer If you're interested, but it's, it's, it's one of those things I saw it and I was like, yes, naturally, why has this not been done? yet and of course someone's about to come on twitter and be like it has been done with this game that you haven't heard of but i don't know i if it has been done i haven't heard of it and the simple truth is that dinosaurs are scary and formidable so they would make a great video game antagonist in a survival horror game so yeah that's that's just one i really quickly wanted to wanted to mention nerd bomber anything else that we did not cover that you want to make sure we hit
3: I mean, I think that's pretty much like the bulk of my top choices have been discussed at this point. There's a lot of, like we've said, a lot of good games that were shown, but not necessarily anything I'd be running out and buying.
2: For me, I uh, I did my shout outs before the break. I do want to complain, though, about something.
0: Yeah, that that's e- equally valid.
2: I played the entire story of Sonic Frontiers. It had a nice little wrap up, put a bow on it ending. It was great. No notes, and now they're adding more more content to it. Give us another, give us a Sonic Frontiers two. Don't add to it. You're 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 kind of you're ruining the the nice wholesome wrap up that we got by adding another level because it just kind of spits in the face of what we got, and I don't like that. So I, I that. Uh,
0: generally speaking, outside of the Sonic ecosystem, I agree with your point. I also think as we've like, it's uh, so many games do this and i think i agree like it's it's almost like they're like oh wait one more thing can i give a little spoiler
2: can I give a little spoiler to that i mean it's
0: not gonna it's not gonna bother me
2: all right listeners if you haven't played this game i'm gonna give a little turn your volume down yeah so dr eggman has this like computer daughter thing and in the end she sacrifices herself to save the day, because the whole story, she's learning about being empathetic and caring, and friendship, and all the, all the standard Sonic tropes. And so she sacrifices. Those. And then we get this DLC that literally shows her standing next to Sonic. Like, what? Why? You're, you're you're dead. Don't you? Don't stop it. Stop it.
0: Yeah, you do seem upset. Is that you seem you seem like your beans are a little steamed on this one. Look, I hey, good complaint, Stephen. Before we head into what are you up to Wednesday, anything else that you want to shout out?
1: Um, one little indie game looked interesting to me it's called it's a wrap it's a you're it's a side scrolling game where you're a director and you cut scenes of a movie together to solve puzzles oh yeah that did oh look
0: snap this one got by me
1: it looks like it just to be cute and fun and it's already out now on pc and it's coming to switch soon apparently But it looks just like a fun little indie game.
0: Also, apparently a Mariah Carey song. So I just Googled, it's a wrap, expecting (laughs) it to just give me the game. And it gave me a Mariah Carey song. Yeah, you had me at Hollywood Puzzle Game. And also Switch. I just love, like, these little indie games on the Switch in particular, they they play so well. So, good tip on that one. We're going to move into What Are You Up To Wednesday? It's the part of the show where we talk about what we've been up to and... It happens to be on Wednesday, because that's when the show comes out. So as is tradition around here, Stephen, as our guest, you have first crack at the What Are You Up To Wednesday podium. The floor is
1: yours. All right. So lately, I've been playing a lot of games. So I'm just going to spew a lot at you. And you can tell me which of these maybe you want to know more about, because I've beaten all these in the last month or so. So we got Oxenfree 2. Got, Ooh, how was that? It was, it was Okay. I think it's a lot oh, of the, really? it's a lot of the same as the first one. The the one thing I'll say about it is is it had the unfortunate time of me playing it when life really sucked. It was a bad weekend. And so oh, yeah. emotionally I really wasn't there for it. So I just kind of was going through the motions with it. So it's something I hope to get back to at some point maybe and replay it someday. But right now it was kind of if you like the first one, I think you'll like it. It just didn't seem to add anything new just
3: kind of more of the same
0: yeah another game that yeah it's another game that i've heard a lot about and i think it's a great weight and one that i would really enjoy but i haven't played either one
1: yeah and then i played dredge i don't know if anybody here has played that one yet no not yet i haven't
3: heard a lot about it how like what is it
1: you are a ship captain and you are something mystical weird happened and you are Trying to solve, I guess, this mystery, and you just go around catching fish in your ship. And, like, there's different locations around that have certain types of fish that you have to catch to complete these tasks.
0: And, I love the animation style. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm just like, i looking at the screenshots. It just looks like the most adorable thing I've ever seen.
1: And if you go out at night, like, it gets oopy, sc- super scary and creepy, and the fish attack your ship, and you have to, if your ship goes, gets damaged, you have to, you pretty much die. So you have to start the day over. And so there's a time mechanic and you can expand your ship. You can upgrade it, get crab traps, get better fishing gear. And it's just a lot of fishing, which the story was OK for it. It's kind of something I was tempted to bring up to see how you guys felt about it, where this game and the game I beat last night, Blasphemous, there are two games where you play this through the story and it has multiple endings. It's got that whole good ending, bad ending. And mm-hmm. usually you default to the bad ending which like so like blasphemous i beat i got the bad ending apparently because i didn't go complete a bunch of quests that would have given me the good ending and so it just seems kind of weird that i don't really like games that do that because that was the same thing with dredge where i beat it and i was like oh that was anticlimactic and then i found out oh it's because i got the bad ending so
0: For, for, for me the example that i have experience with is i believe dishonored does that and dishonored i so i would say generally speaking I appreciate the attempts to do that, but in practice I tend to not like them. I like I mean, I think if you're creating two endings to a story, I mean something's wrong with your story. Like that if just from a story structure perspective, I I, I struggle with that. But I... the thing that Dishonored did that I liked a lot was if you did more bad stuff, it also made the game harder. That I thought was cool. It changes the game's game's difficulty as you're playing it. See, I think the story stuff I don't know as much about.
3: Dishonor did it pretty well in my opinion because it was based on how you played the game and the decisions that you made in game and not even like conversational stuff, but like how you approach the game changed your ending. Do you
0: So I thought yeah. that was
3: fine. I have played like tunic for example, I think did what you know Stevens kind of saying where You can do everything right. Like there's nothing you could have changed about how you played the game. It's just, you know, you automatically get the bad ending unless you're willing to grind for like 20 extra hours to do a bunch of side stuff. And to me, so you want
0: it to be based on decision points. Yeah, I don't want my bad ending
3: to be. I didn't feel like grinding for 20 hours, you know? So like, yeah, I am. I'm not a huge fan of that. Like, give me the opportunity to get the good ending by doing stuff in the natural course of the game. Don't make me just grind for no reason.
0: (laughs) Another game that kind of did that and granted like the silliest way possible was Luigi's Mansion 3, which I really liked. But at the end, they're like, how many gems did you find and spend like two hours in one room trying to find it? If you found this many, the castle you wind up in at the end is really tiny if you found a bunch then the castle gets bigger and like i remember i was so proud i found so many gems i thought i did so great and then at the end they're like you got, i think they were able to give you a letter grade too they're like you got like a c minus and i was like man this it just made me feel so so bad and i imagine it's similar to what you're saying where like it's not it's not based on because like dishonored it's like you choose whether to kill someone or whether to not and like find a different way to disgrace them and the choice they're not i mean not only is it a a finite or a discrete decision that like you know what the quote-unquote right decision is so you can actively decide what kind of ending you want to have by choosing what is clearly the like quote unquote honorable option when it's that clear how you how your decision is going to affect the story i think it's okay but yeah i think i agree that like making players grind just so they can get the good ending is probably not the best practice
3: and then, like... Sorry
0: that happened to you, Stephen. <laughs> Steven,
3: do you then... Do you end up just going on YouTube and watching the good ending anyway? And then just be like, well, this is what could have been.
1: That's what I've thought about doing. I might just go like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just mm-hmm. not going to care about it. Like, even with Blasphemous, because that's the game, another game I've been playing, and I beat it out last night. There's a third ending, which is considered the canonical ending, and it was added via DLC. And so oh, it's like... That's annoying. I don't yeah so i mean that, that like act, canon that actually should sucks. not be
3: in dlc yeah like make that the heart of the game don't lock it behind additional stuff you got to
1: pay for yeah so that was kind of disappointing to hear so i was like okay i mean i'm still playing it because there's other side things i can do but yeah i'm just the story wise i'm not kind of invested anymore
0: oh is dredge oh dredge is team 17 yep
1: Oh yeah, I love
0: I love Team Seventeen. So it's blasphemous, um, which is kind of weird to see. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Team Seventeen in, in my update as well, in a much less serious way. I
1: guess. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. Yeah. And then quick other games: Disney Illusion Island. Which...
3: Oh, I was super stoked about that one too. How was that? It's. I feel like I keep asking you how they are, but like these are all games I was stoked for.
1: It's. I mean, it is baby's first Metroidvania, but it's still super fun to play. I couldn't put it down. There's no that's
3: up my alley. (laughs) There's no
1: combat. You have to always jump over the characters. You can't do any combat. And the boss battles are all like, avoid this thing. Hit this little tree to make this thing fall on the bad guy's head. But you don't actually ever hit the bad guy. It's just making the environment them It's pretty simple. It did get a little challenging towards the end, but overall it was it's just a Disney adventure you're playing with Mickey, so it was kind of fun to play world play as. And then the other game, Nerd Bomber, probably really excited that I played, it was was it Kenna, Bridge of Spirits.
3: Oh yeah. Oh,
1: how is that? That one I want a sequel right now. Just give right? it to me. Yeah. It felt like I was playing the movie Kubo the Two Strings. Mm-hmm. Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, good movie. So it just looks great. Combat's fun. It's challenging, but not too challenging to where you want to say, this game's too difficult. It's just, I just need to learn to be better. So overall, it was a great, fun game.
3: It's so cute. Yeah. The the cuteness was just overwhelming in that game. Yeah, I think that's something that if they don't, like, come out with sequels and you can really flesh out that ip missed opportunity because it was such a great game i'm so glad you played it i'm so glad somebody takes my recommendations around here thank you steven (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: it's 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 i famously uh i do not do that someone's got to do it well right on man anything else you want to update us on or are we gonna swing it around the room i
1: think i'm currently playing spider-man again like i said just getting hyped for the sequel gonna play that and then miles morales also i'm reading the both those games had a prequel novel And so I'm reading the prequel novel to Spider-Man, and then I'll read the prequel novel to Miles Morales after that. I did not know that those existed. Yeah, I'm going to (laughs) have to hunt those down. Yeah, they do it, like, weirdly for some games. Like, I think there's a Guardians of the Galaxy there's a prequel novel for, and I think even Marvel's Avengers has a prequel novel. So it's kind of this weird thing they do for video games now. Good to
0: know. Well, it sounds like you are in baton passing mode. I'm going to take that baton from you. And I'm going to talk about Team 17 a little bit. I'm going to talk about a game called Golf With Your Friends. If <laughs> you guys have heard of, of this game called Golf With Ooh, Your Friends. i yeah. <laughs> heard of Mount Your Friends, not Golf Your Friends. Sometimes games don't have to be much of anything to be fun. Golf With Your Friends is, is an example of that. Nerd Bomber, you perked up. Have you played Golf With Your Friends?
3: I haven't, but I've seen a lot of it. And as a big fan of Mario Golf, I've been told that this is like my next natural step
0: it is the like i don't know how many times when i'm playing this game i'm like this is so dumb (laughs) it's stupid it's like so it's mini golf if that wasn't abundantly cleared so yeah it's 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 not like golf golf it's mini golf but like the courses are you know how you play like it's like the point and click like putt putt games like flash games from like the two thousands, not to age myself, but like they're pretty much like that. But the courses are super fantastical. It can be immensely frustrating. Are you playing with they're friends? Ser- I play with my wife predominantly, and she's she's my friend. I have played with other friends, but m- pretty much just her for the most part. It does this thing. Every hole uh, will be probably either you rank, the pars range from two through five, pretty standard for a mini golf course. The thing that's interesting is that you have two minutes per hole. If you take longer than two minutes, like if you're like really minutely lining up shots and all that, like trying to get sense of the course, you get a, it says a two stroke penalty, which is a lie. It's actually like a 14 stroke penalty. I don't, there's certain like math things in the game that I'm like, they they uh, cut some corners on the coding here or something because it doesn't make any sense. But honestly, in this context, that honestly might make it more fun. So I just want to shout out Golf With Your Friends. It's $4 on Switch right now.
2: So you really can't go wrong. If you and Boyd, Enjoy cheap couch co-op kind of head to head with your friends game. I recommend you check out Mount Your Friends. It's kind of the same goofy vibe and it's re- really, really like six year old humor. Maybe not six year old, but like I was gonna say like twelve year old humor <laughs> like like where like penises are funny and it's just so hilarious. And check out that game as well. Yeah, um I've also like I've As far as my gaming experience
0: currently goes, like I played some Golf With Your Friends and I recently revisited a game that I bought a long time ago for the Switch that I definitely shouted out on an episode like a year ago or something called Dicey Dungeons, which is just like I'm in such a headspace and a life space right now where whenever I want to play a game, I want to pick something up and play it for like a span of like 20 minutes. Both of the games I've mentioned here, Dicey Dungeons and Golf With Your Friends are like perfect for that the exact right weight and just yeah indie games like that Like on the nintendo switch eShop, it's undefeated haven't had a single bad experience so far so as far as other stuff i want to actually t- mention again a book that i mentioned in last week's episode but it's like maybe one of the best books i've read in the last year so i want to give it more airtime than it got it's called magpie murders it's written by anthony horowitz it is it is a whodunit as the title may suggest um, and i'm really really in a mystery space right now I mentioned uh, last week, in last week's episode, that there was kind of a big twist on the typical whodunit format. And I said I wasn't going to say what it was because it would spoil it. The truth of the matter is, at the time I said that, I hadn't gotten far enough in the book yet to know what the twist was. (laughs) It's less so a twist and more so an interesting gimmick. So I'm going to just say right now, kind of describe right now what it is. So the typical whodunit murder mystery novel, there is a detective character who, you know, interviews a bunch of people, He gathers a bunch of facts, finds a bunch of pieces of evidence, always seems to have complete control of the situation, and at the end has this big reveal where he gathers all of the characters and basically in front of everybody says, you're the person that did it, and here's how I know, and here's how you did it, blah, blah, blah. Come on, you've seen Knives Out, you've seen all those movies. The joy of this book is that this book is about an editor at a publishing house who gets the latest in a series of eight murder mystery novels from the publishing house's number one author, who is famous for this murder mystery series, and she reads this manuscript. So it's a book within a book. You are the editor, you're, you're reading from the perspective of the editor who is reading the book. Long story short, she gets to the end of the manuscript and finds that there are chapters missing. So then she has to go around and find out how the book is supposed to end, which is a lot more difficult considering that right after she gets the manuscript and while she's reading it, the author commits suicide. Very, very interesting story. I would super, super recommend. This guy in particular, all of his mystery stuff, I've had a, a really good time with. This is probably my favorite one so far that I've read of his. So just wanted to shout that out. Magpie Murders, Anthony Horowitz.
1: Quick, quick question. Yeah. Are you going to watch the TV show?
0: So that is a very good question. I didn't, again, until very recently, learn that there was a TV show. I believe it's a B... Because Anthony Horowitz is, is British. The whole thing takes place in the UK. I believe it's a BBC show. Correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen. seems like you may know.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's on PBS here.
0: But uh, Anthony Horowitz has also written... He writes a show called Foil's War, which I... I he, he writes for TV. There are a couple of shows he's written for. I assume he wrote Magpie Murders. I actually don't know. But yes, I'm definitely interested. But no, I have not watched it yet. And I also, I already, I pre-purchased the sequel to Magpie Murders, because it's a two-book series. It may have more books coming, I don't know. But I pre-bought that, and I'm going to read that right after I'm done with this one. So, I may wait to watch the show until I'm done with both, just in case certain things come out in the show at the wrong time or something. Anyways, really enjoying it. I have talked for a long time, so tactic the floor is now yours.
2: Okay, so there's two things I want to touch on. The first thing is I'm still playing through Metroid Samus Returns and it is pretty good. I'm enjoying it, but the boss fights still I haven't come across anything that was a challenge. So that's gonna be a demerit. But like I said, playing through it, enjoying it, the main thing that I want to talk about is do you ever do you ever purchase something and a long time passes? And then it comes and it's really exciting and you're like, wow, I forgot I even purchased this. It's here. This is great. So that's what we did.
0: One of the best feelings in the world, by the way.
2: Yeah. There is, was sort of, I I don't know if it's a TikTok shop or whatever, but there was, there's a shop or Etsy thing or whatever it is called Nice Shirt Thanks. And so we in our household, are really into Noah Khan and one of his albums is called Stick Season. And so we had sent them, "Hey, can you make us a t-shirt with our dog as Noah Khan?" We sent them some pictures of our dog and make it him surrounded by sticks and it says Stick Season. So they they go and make your shirt. They don't ask, they don't like there's no back and forth. You just give them what you want and it's a surprise when it comes. <laughs> And there are some zany T-shirts out there if you look it up. And so we got this shirt back. It's literally exactly what we said. They turned our dog into Noah Khan, and it's hilarious. And and we have a golden retriever. And you would you would think that that they'd be lazy and and like do generic golden retriever, but no. Like our dog has kind of this like crease on his head, and like they have the crease, so you know it's our dog. And so like the detail that they do is pretty funny. And I recommend checking out Nice Shirt. Thanks. And so that's kind of my my shout out. And with that, I'll kick it over to Nerd Bomber.
3: All right. So first, before I get into the movies that we saw, we binged the second season of Killing It. And this is a Peacock original. This has Craig Robinson in it. And if you haven't watched the first season, the first season is basically about how he's trying to get his own saw palmetto berry farm. And in order to raise the money to do so, he resorts to hunting snakes down in Florida because apparently it is... Overrun with, you know, massive pythons. And there's, at least in this show's universe, a reward for how many pythons that you catch. So the second season came out, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but you basically follow more of his shenanigans post winning the python catching contest. And, you know, it's a very funny show, a lot of social commentary. It's pretty great. So if you haven't watched it, little half hour comedy. Very funny. If you like Craig Robinson's humor, you will like the show. So check that out. And then we also saw two major movies. We saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I'll start with that one first. First of all, I really liked the art style. And I know, Stephen, you have seen this as well. The art style, I think, was incredible. And I think this was a really great way to refresh the franchise and the IP, kind of giving it that Into the Spider-Verse treatment. I think they did a really good job, you know, giving the turtles an origin story. They also made them more youthful, you know, for all of the times that were told they're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a lot of the time, you know, they feel a little bit older, whether we're talking about the the guys in the actual like physical costumes back in the 90s or even some of the, you know, movies, the CGI, like Michael Bay movies. They just feel a little bit older. And I feel like they did a really good job, you know, kind of tapping into the teenage aspect of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I really liked basically everything about this. I like the origin story. I really like Jackie Chan as Master Splinter. I Also really enjoyed how they introduced some of the other, you know, mutants that are exist in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe and kind of head fake you. You don't really if you're familiar with the characters, you expect it to kind of go in one direction and it almost goes in another direction. And I was I really liked it. I thought the music was also really great. Lots of great tunes in this.
2: So we saw this with Haunted Mansion. It was a double feature. And I liked Haunted Mansion better. And the reason why this wasn't just a high praise from Tectic for me is because this was exclusively a fun movie. And fine, but that I really enjoy some of the darker sides of the Turtles, and they didn't go deep on anyone. Everything was surface level, it was all lighthearted jokes. And there, as such, you didn't really get any time to feel for any characters, to, to, to have any characters resonate with you. I just, I couldn't find myself relating to any of them. And so that's why I struggled to to have something that like left me in this profound feeling. And I know, I know what you're thinking. This is a light Turtles movie. You're not supposed to feel that way. The problem is, we're we're in a day and age where we have movies like Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse every which way of the Spider-Verse where those movies go hard they truly make you feel something and so that kind of sets the bar and so because of that it just this was just kind of like a okay fun ride Not, nothing more nothing less
3: i feel like that's just a bad way to assess the movie though because the teenage mutant ninja turtles franchise as a whole has always been tmnt
2: fun. was the best animated turtles movie period and every single person that saw that movie can go back to the rooftop scene with leo and Raph where they're fighting and my god does that hit you
3: and hard. i agree agree that it hits harder and is a little bit deeper from an emotional level but this is more of a setup movie you're getting them at a younger age than you see them in that movie and so the problems that they're facing are more of you know i want to fit in like to me it really resonated with what teenagers go through. The the major theme of this movie is how desperately they want to fit in with the human world. And I think from a teenager perspective, considering, too, they've they been sheltered from the world and primarily live in sewers, I think that it fit the bill for this movie. And I'm sure as more come out, you know, you'll probably start to see deeper issues because they're going to be out there in the world. But I think for what this movie was and, you know, the story that they set up with this movie, I thought it they did a really great job. But, you know, everybody expects different things from different movies. So, Stephen, I know you had also seen this. What was your thought on that?
1: Uh, let me put my headphones back on. I threw them on the ground when Tectic started talking because he made me angry. <laughs> now, I feel like it's, yeah, they're just high school kids. They're just out having fun. They're just having the kind of high school problems. So I don't think it needed to be that deep for me. It's just stuff. I just had a fun time. I saw it twice opening weekend. I think my only complaint was the use of music i didn't like so much of the old school hip-hop in it i kind of like the spider verse original music that they throw in but that is fair other than that i had a good time with it it made me want to play a ninja turtle game right away which we don't have
3: so the other thing that we saw as Technic alluded to was haunted mansion and this is the the new one with owen wilson and the new cast and i thought this was better than i expected it to be
2: this was good this was dark. And it res and, and it resonated with people and it had emotions and
3: I think yeah, it definitely like it touched on deeper topics Uh, like i'm trying to compare it back to the eddie murphy version of this movie and i remember the eddie murphy version of haunted mansion being like it was definitely supposed to be more comedy than horror and i feel like this definitely slanted a little bit more towards the horror than comedy there were some like funny haha moments but for the most part like tiffany haddish and owen wilson served as your comedic relief in a more or less like serious dark movie
2: this this was a movie focusing on grief and dealing with loss and it 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 hit hard it hit really hard
3: my only criticism of the movie was that you know there are certain staples of the haunted mansion whether we're talking about the the ride at disney or the first movie and they didn't make their way into this iteration and i'm not going to give you spoilers but there were just a some few did. things there were a few things that were missing though that I wish just were there. Even if it was just a, a little like wink, you know, they didn't have to like invest a ton of time in those things, but if there was just a, like a nod to some of those very classic things just because, you know, the Haunted Mansion ride is so iconic and I just feel like you can't completely distance yourself from that. And so th- that was really my only critique of the movie. It was a lot better than I expected. You know, after reading some of the reviews, I wasn't going in hoping for a lot but i think it was one of the more entertaining movies that i've seen this summer definitely not the most entertaining movie i've seen this summer there have been some some real good ones this year but i was surprised by how much i liked it
0: yeah i remember the in you i know you said it wasn't as funny as it was serious or scary but i, I remember laughing at the trailer and yeah, I just looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score and it's not good, but I assume you already know that.
3: Yeah, like this is this is my problem. Come on, critics. You're, more with,
0: you're, you're having a serious war. I
3: with, am. <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes.
0: I feel like every episode now we're talking about how you either what's, like the look of a movie that hasn't come out yet or you liked the movie and- What's it,
3: the it, audience it's, score? It's, Give me the audience score.
0: It's 84. There, yeah, the, there we the, go. The, the gap here is sizable. So 38 audience, 84. Hold, or sorry, hold 38 up. tomato hold meter, 84 audience. Hold
1: up. wasn't Didn't you just call us out on Twitter- because Slotherhouse is getting good reviews, but now you're gonna
3: Slotherhouse say, is getting good reviews from, from like the fair, fair. Yeah,
1: and like I said, critics know nothing. I, I, I'll, th- have
3: to, I'll have to i to wait for the audience score, but it is it is getting good reviews. Even like I I don't know. I guess I'm in a quandary. I, I guess that we'll see. So, so I just
0: swa- <laughs> Swather House, I just looked up Swather House on Rotten Tomatoes. It has exactly one fresh review. So I'm not sure I would say it's getting good reviews yet. <laughs> maybe you've seen the good reviews elsewhere, but uh, I see one I good have, review.
3: A lot of it has been on Twitter. So maybe that is the audience score coming through for me.
0: <laughs> is it going to be the next Jennifer's Body? Yes. Okay. That's all I need to know. Great. Well, that concludes our What Are You Up To Wednesday. We all got up to some things, and you're listening to this on Wednesday, because you're listening to this right when it comes out. It's quiz time. We're heading to quiz town. I'm going to run through the records. I'm the host today, and we have a three-headed monster quizzing today. But first, Tectic, 8-8. Eight and eight. Nerd Bomber, 8-9. League Lady Six myself. 8-11. Uh, Steven, 3-0. Steven, undefeated streak. What's your confidence level right not now good. that you can keep it going? Okay, he's he's down in the yeah, dust. it's not going to be well,
1: good. The pressure's on me, I feel like. I gotta perform.
0: I'm not going to lie that it, it is, yes. But we'll, look, we're going to give you every competitive advantage we got. You're going to have last ups here. So without further ado, we can get into it. The quiz topic this week is Artemis Fowl. Now, great what, one for me what? to not be involved in. What? 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 Artem- yeah, Artemis Fowl. Bird? It's a boy. Oh, okay. It's a book series. We'll get into it. I started reading the first Artemis Fowl book. Because I read the back of it at a bookstore and I begged my parents to let me get it. It's like a secret agent kid. It's the coolest sounding thing. And it had a Boy, shiny book cover. Shiny book cover, bright, gold cover, very eye-catching to a upstanding child such as myself. It did not hit with me. I never even got like halfway through the first book, and the rest is history. But uh, maybe for you guys, the experience is different. So, Artemis Fowl is the topic today. I'm going to start with the movie because that is perhaps the more recent thing in, in the public consciousness. This movie, I will tell you, came out in 2020, pandemic times, which I'm sure did not help its case. In any case, it did not do well. Nerd Bomber, we're going back to your favorite website. What is rotten? What is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score? Critic score for. Oh, so that means it Artemis did really Valor. well. And we're going to start with Tactic. We'll go to Nurbomber next, and Steven will go third.
2: The Critic Store out of 100%.
0: That's
3: correct.
2: I'm going to say that it got a blue 42.
0: Okay, blue 42. Got it, got it, got it.
1: Uh, Nurbomber, over to you.
3: I'm going to say 11.
0: And our good friend Steven.
1: I'm going with my first instinct, which was 15.
0: Okay, well i i started y'all for the stumper because y'all busted
1: seriously
3: i was gonna go five i should have gone five
0: this movie got an eight percent on on tomatoes (laughs) also for what it's worth i know you're big into like what what was the audience score the audience score was 20
3: okay so a stinker all around
0: it is hard like audience scores if you're below like 30 this, this is a bad movie guys like that's that's just that's just the fact of the matter A would-be franchise starter that will anger fans of the source material and leave newcomers befuddled. Artemis Fowl is frustratingly flightless. Pretty good critics consensus. Good job to Rotten Tomatoes writing that. No points. We're moving on. This is a a children's book series. How many novels are there in the Artemis Fowl universe? And, uh, you will go first this time.
3: I feel like there were a decent amount of these. I think there were five.
1: Okay, over to Steven next. You're saying universe, so I feel like there's a main line and then spinoffs. I'm gonna say twelve.
3: He's counting on his fingers right now.
1: Yeah, that that means
0: you, Tactic. Eight and a half. Oh, Tactic. I don't know if I wanna allow halves. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to go Eight. and I'm gonna, Okay, thank you. <laughs> Well, congratulations, you have your first point. Steven, you just missed it. It was 11. And and yes, I did say universe because there is what is called a first cycle of eight novels that were written, I believe, from like 2000... Oh, gosh, I don't have the exact dates in front of me. There's a first cycle and a second cycle. The second cycle was started in 2019, and it's ongoing. 2001 to 2012 was the first cycle, and 2019 to the present is the second cycle. So, uh, Tactic, you are on the board. So 12
1: books coming, though, right? Uh, yeah, presumably.
0: Totally. I, yeah, I know we, there was recent controversy about the Aragon books because one of them is not out yet. But I don't, I don't think we're in the same situation here. I don't even, hasn't even controversy. Been a, <laughs> there hasn't even been a twelfth one announced that I can see on the on the old Wikipedes. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this one to tactic. In the first of those novels, how old is Artemis Fowl? And Stephen, you will go first. He is ten years old. And over to tactic.
2: See, I feel like ten is a really good guess. And I don't know when I'm going to get my next opportunity to do this, so I'm going to say 11.
3: Hmm. I don't know when I'm going to get my next opportunity to do this, so I'm going to say 12.
2: The double plus one. Really impressive
0: strategic maneuver there. He was 12. Yes. So I was uh, going to say
3: 12, regardless of what tactic said, but.
0: You were all right there. He was 12. Boy genius. Artemis fell. One of the main characters in the first cycle of novels in particular is a character named Holly Short. She is a reconnaissance officer of the Lower Elements Police Recon Force, also known as Leprechaun. There's a lot of stuff like that going on in these books. How tall is Holly Short, according to the book? Love books? this question. <laughs> yeah, thank you. She's an elf, by the way. And a tactic, you go first here. She's three foot
1: four. I feel like- Over to Nerd Bomber.
3: 14 inches. Bob Barker, RIP.
1: So one foot two? Sure. I'm going to go, it's a trick, her name is a play on words somehow. So I'm going to just say six feet. Interesting strategic maneuver by
0: Steven. Not super successful. <laughs> <laughs> I win. <laughs> no, it actually, Nerd Bomber gets the point. What? Uh, yeah, Nerd Bomber, you said a foot four, right? A foot something? A foot, foot two, four. yeah. She, tactic you were close. She, according to the US editions, comes in at three feet. So 36 inches, uh, which is a whole inch shorter than the fairy average. That's just what the Wikipedia says. I guess the fairy average is 37 inches. I'm not. <laughs> Look, I'm just reading off the Wikipedia here. Uh, she is actually short, not a play on words. So Nerd Bomber is in the driver's seat right now going into the last question. However, she does have first ups. So she's at uh, a bit row. of a disadvantage. Uh, Steven still has his plus one waiting in the wings. I, I presume he's going to use it wisely. How many languages has the Art of Foul series been published in? How many languages?
3: Fifteen. I feel like this was semi-popular back in the day.
2: Twenty-seven.
0: You're talking. Yeah. Your what are you doing? <laughs> over, <laughs> oh, oh, over to Stephen. Stephen, I think you might say twenty-seven. I mean, my answer was going to be twenty-five. Not using the plus one. Interesting. Yeah, that's. I'm not telling you what to do. I mean, yeah, you know I'm going to get my com- head, I'm just <laughs> just commentating. Yeah, tactic. I can already hear his blood boiling. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, you're going yeah, twenty-five. Twenty-five. He's going with twenty-five. Tactic over to you. Thirty-two.
3: Interesting maneuver. Interesting maneuver. Thirty-two.
0: Well, we have a tie on our hands. There's going to be a text-in question. 44 languages. So, Nerd Bomber, you were right. It is popular. Significantly more popular than you, than you said. <laughs> so, Steven, I don't know, man. You'll get him next time. <laughs> Enjoy the show on this final tiebreaker question between Nerd Bomber and Tactic. This is a text-in question. Nerd Bomber, Tactic, you know what to do. Send me messages. Send me Slide into my DMs with your answer to this. As I mentioned, this movie came out in 2020. How many years did it spend in what is commonly referred to as development hell before coming out? Some people would put the Jeopardy theme in here, but I prefer just the dead air. Just no sound. Okay, I got an answer from NerdBomber. This tends to be how it goes. I get an answer from NerdBomber and Tactic's over there doing long division. Well, I'll tell you what. This is why he's number one. Tactic takes it it. tecta came in with 13 years nerd bomber with nine the correct answer was 19 years this was wow. in development almost immediately after the first book was published in 2001 that's what i was trying to it math was there therefore in by development the for 19 years
2: you because you had said when it came out as a book you were you were all up. your family was all up on it and so i was trying to math out that time because i felt like it was like going to be an instant hit to movie situation I did
0: drop a bit of a hint by saying the first book came out in two thousand one earlier in the quiz, but I wasn't sure if anyone was gonna pick up on that. In I any did. case, congratulations to Tectic. Tectic moves to nine and eight, Nerd Bomber to eight and ten. I remain at eight and eleven. Steven, hate to say it, three and one. We, we we do things by the book around here. I do have to put the loss on your record. Yeah, but I know. You'll 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 have your opportunity to to make that up, I have no doubt. Steven, thank you so much for joining us on this fantastic episode of the online warriors podcast, any parting thoughts you want to leave us with or, 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 or whatever.
1: No, I'm just going to cry in your basement some more after that loss. He
0: is in my basement. I actually went down during the break and he's, he's down there. So I'll, I'll be down. Shortly it's to console Dark you. down he, here.
3: He flew out to the East Coast because on the day this episode releases, Slaughterhouse is coming out and he wants to see it with all of us.
0: Right. He wants to get. Is that actually true? <laughs> it it comes, comes out Wednesday. August 30th. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Boy, I. I, I That's good for me to know. Well, I know what I'm doing Wednesday. Thank you all for joining us. As usual, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you're interested in telling us how you feel, you can also hit us up on Twitter or X, whatever you prefer, at the handles mentioned previously in the episode. We'll talk at you next week. In the meantime, stay safe and keep on podcasting.